Mike Anderson from Albuquerque, New Mexico, and you're listening to the Pro Hockey News Podcast. Hello, hockey fans from around the world. I am Richard Cote, the producer of the Pro Hockey News Podcast. It is the second line edition of the podcast, and you know what that means. It means that this episode of the Pro Hockey News Podcast is brought to you by the Chicago Wolves Merchandise Store. Head over to chicagowolvesstore.com, enter in code PHN15 at checkout, save yourself 15% on some pretty sweet merchandise. Again, thanks to the Chicago Wolves for being a sponsor of the Pro Hockey News Podcast. But it also means I am joined by Lou Lafredo, the publisher of ProHockeyNews.com. Lou, how are you doing? I'm doing really well. It's um, sunny. The wind died down today, and we're bumping up against 70 degrees. How much sweeter can you get? (laughs) Yo, that'd be welcome up here. Uh, Last weekend, we got about two feet of snow in Aurora. Uh, I think officially 25.5 inches of snow here in Aurora. Uh, So uh, we, we, we had to dig out a little bit. So 70 would be a little welcome. Not complaining too much. I I do like the snow. It also means we are joined by our favorite snarky little Canadian, Jacob Doherty. Jacob, how are you? We use Celsius. (laughs) Yes, uh, you do use Celsius. So what, uh, 70 degrees would be about 21 degrees Celsius? Oh my God, really? Let me check. Yeah, 21 Nice. Yeah, it's currently nice. about um, <laughs> zero degrees up here in Edmonton, so that's 32 Fahrenheit. Yep. I, I, I know my conversion nice. from, from Celsius to Fahrenheit pretty well. Going the other way around is a little tricky for me. Yeah. Um, I, I do like to get temperature in <laughs> Celsius because I like thinking it's a little bit colder than it is. Yeah. Anyway, um, I, I do have a mini rant this week. Um, And uh, it has to do with news that came out from the Colorado Avalanche, uh, mostly from the arena where they play. Ball Arena is about to allow 4,050 fans in per game starting April 2nd. That means for the Avalanche games and for the Denver Nuggets games. But it... uh, That aside, I am excited that they are going to be allowing fans in, But aside from that, it got me thinking, I forgot that they renamed the arena because they really haven't been playing any games in the arena. And it was formerly known as Pepsi Center when Pepsi sponsored it. So the locals would call it the can. I never I never partook in that, but I knew that was local slang for the Pepsi Center. My question is, does it keep its name as Ball Arena? Is it still the can or will it be moved to the jar? Lou, do you have any input? Should, should, yeah. it, should it remain? I offered a third choice. Should they call it the tin? Oh, <laughs> the tin. Yes. <laughs> I like the I, tin. I mean, I mean, Ball does provide uh, aluminum cans, I believe, for Pepsi, too. So... It could still be the can. Jacob, should they keep the name or should they change the nickname? As someone whose nation has like four stadiums called Rogers, 
Um, I don't think I have the um, the right to give input into this. How, how do you differentiate? I mean, you got Rogers you Arena, Rod... <laughs> Rogers Place. It's, yeah. Oh, okay. People just ask, like, oh, where are they playing? In Edmonton, Calgary, or Edmonton, Vancouver, Toronto. Like, stuff like That's how we differentiate, because everyone just mixes it up. It's impossible. But tin can, same thing. Jar is... I don't know. I don't know. Is it like a tin or t like a can shape? Uh, the Colorado Arena. No, I mean it's mm. I, your basic arena shape. Okay. Yeah, from like the late '90s. So, I mean, it's got no distinct shape that would give it the the nickname. It was just you know Pepsi can. Oh yeah. Ball mason jars but also aluminum can. So I'm just wondering. Listen, they... it's better than the pie hole here in Albuquerque. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, I missed the pit. Yeah. I missed the pit so, so much. Uh, so, Jacob, I mean, <clears throat> uh, the arena on uh, the, the University of New Mexico campus was, was always called the pit. Um, then they went through a name change, and it was purchased by um, um, the pizza Wise guy, Guys Pies. Wise Guys Pies. So... <laughs> Some smart aleck in town uh, dubbed it the pie hole, which was just... <laughs> and it stuck. Yeah, it did. So, Man. That's, a good, that's a good name, though. Oh, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> but the poor guys, you know, they could never get, um, you know, their, their naming rights. They couldn't get their money's worth out of the naming rights. They couldn't dig out of the pie hole. Nope, nope. Okay, so let's move on to some uh, some hockey news, top news on ProHockeyNews.com. Right now, uh, we have a story up uh, dealing with the Elite Ice Hockey League and a little bit of relief that they had uh, come their way. Looks like the UK has put 2.7 million pounds in support of ice hockey, which is going to, uh, some of it's going to the Elite League. Lou, uh, what, what do we know about it so far? Uh, this is really going to help with this uh, series that they're putting together. So it's the Coventry Blaze, Manchester Storm, Nottingham Panthers, and Sheffield Steelers are, are participating in the Elite Series. Um, and really what the Elite Series comes down to is uh, four kind of all-star teams are going to rekindle ice hockey um, as COVID starts to wind down. Um, and... Keep in mind that uh, before this package was delivered by the UK government, um, hockey in uh, in the United Kingdom uh, um, was really on the the tail end. They were literally the Red Lantern, pulling up the rear um, uh, in sport uh, over in the UK. And so the two point seven million is going to be used to support the, the Elite Series as well as uh, start to underwrite some of the losses uh, in, in the Elite uh, EIHL as well as uh, lower divisions. And speaking of good news in the hockey world, um, I know I'm a little late on this one. It's been around for, for a couple of weeks, but next week we are finally going to see the Isabel Cup playoffs being played and I believe it's going to be awarded uh, on the 25th. Is that correct? Yes. So we, we know that the uh, NWHL had their season cut short um, due to uh, 
COVID and uh, a few positive tests they had. Out of precaution, they canceled the tournament uh, that was going to be their playoff, and then uh, that was supposed to happen uh, beginning of February. Um, and uh, Lou just corrected me over the uh, <laughs> over his camera. It is the 27th, not the 25th. So uh, thank you for for giving me the correct info there. Uh, but guys, uh, now that we know that there is going to be the playoff happening, it's going to be in uh, Brighton, Massachusetts, which I believe is a suburb of Boston at the Warrior Ice Arena. Um, fellas, I want to get your takes. Who do you think is, is going to, uh, to be in the championship game and who's coming away with the Isbell Cup this year? Jacob, you go first. I unfortunately cannot uh, comment. I have not been watching any of the NWHL, unfortunately. Um, so, uh, Richard, I, I, the team that I sort of fell for, uh, the Toronto Six, fell hard for them. I mean, they, they just, uh, this is a pretty good team pulling themselves together. Uh, played, I thought, really well in the in the tournament that was supposed to have led up to the cup final. Um, th- that said, I am still going to go with um, the Minnesota Whitecaps. They're my, I think they're my favorite uh, to take the cup. All right. Um, so who do you have them playing in the championship? Toronto Six. Toronto. All right. So Toronto, Minnesota for Lou. You know, I, I have to go Boston, Minnesota. I was really impressed with the way Boston played, not only in the tournament this year, but in the previous season, they had one loss. Uh, this is this is a very complete team. They looked great in the tournament. I was excited to see them uh, start in the uh, in the in the playoff there over at Lake Placid. Um but I don't know. I, I I'm gonna put. I, I'm gonna agree with. A little, I, I think Minnesota is gonna keep the uh, the Isabel Cup. Um, I think it's gonna stay in Minnesota. But it's gonna be a good good championship between you know Boston and Minnesota. What I would say about Boston, just to pick up on what you how you described them, is I when you watch Boston, you get the feel of a veteran team, right? Mm-hmm. There's a there's a there's an air of, on how they, they, they hold themselves on the ice and how they are not particularly rattled. Um, on the other hand, I think um, there is speed in Minnesota um, and there is emotion in, t- in uh, Toronto. So that's why I've got those two teams. Yep. Um, you know, I, I really want to see Toronto do well, not only just because it's their inaugural season, but they have one of my favorite players, Emily Fluke. Uh, she was the first professional hockey player to interact with us on Twitter when we were doing our picks a couple of seasons back. I think that's back when she was with Connecticut. So um, I, I, I like following her around to see, you know, how she's doing. So I, I'd really like to see Toronto do well. I'd really like to see her do well. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for these for this, uh, for this playoff coming up next week. So, um, those are the big, uh, the big stories happening, uh, that are on prohockeynews.com. If you want to check out any of the other minor leagues, any of the other leagues around the world, head over to prohockeynews.com. Uh, we pretty much got you covered. 
So uh, let's head over to the minor leagues here in North America. Um, things are fairly quiet um, news-wise. So let's let's start with the ECHL and let's go th- do a little bit of a run-through of the standings uh, in both the Eastern and Western divisions, or sorry, Western conferences. In the Western Conference, uh, given your f- top four teams, the Fort Wayne Comets, uh, starting to uh, pick back up after having a little delayed start to the season. They're in the number one spot. The Wichita Thunder in the number two spot. The Allen Americans in the number three spot. And the Tulsa Oilers rounding out your top four. In the Eastern Division, the Florida Everblades are on top of that division. The Indy Fuel coming in number two. The Orlando Solar Bears, I believe last time we checked in, they were in the number four spot, climbing into the number three spot. And the Greensville Swamp Rabbits in the number four spot. Lou, I know you keep a close eye on the minor leagues. Um, who is starting to emerge as a potential favorite as a champion in this league so far this season? Well, first of all, you have to look at the silliness of, of the Fort Wayne Comets. <laughs> right. You know, we have 14 games. Uh, they're coming in fresh. Uh, you know, there, there you are as many as... Uh, 21 games fresher than anyone else in their division. <laughs> and so, they're, you know, they're 10-1, 2-1. You know, if they hit the minimum and make the playoffs, I think you've got to look at them as um, as, the, as a favorite going forward. Otherwise, um, uh, the Wichita Thunder are playing lights out um, uh, through 35 games. They're 21-9, 4-1 uh, in the West. Over in the East... You know who is it once again at the top? Florida Everblades um, are are challenging, are not really running away with it, but they've got an eleven point cushion over number two Indy Fuel. I think the real surprise here is the South Carolina uh, Stingrays. Yeah, um, they're they're playing just five hundred hockey really this season, and um, uh, you know we were talking in the. Uh, pre-show production, you know, it's it's not necessarily an underperformance as much as um, uh, it it's the conditions of our of our sport now. Um, South Carolina is just not there. Yeah, the one that's so, the, the one that is playing well, a little bit better than I think anybody expected, including Don Money. Uh, Orlando Solar Bears uh, are in, yeah. you know, as you said, they're in that third position in the East. Actually playing pretty decent um, hockey right now. They're getting good goaltending. Yeah, yeah uh, seventeen and twelve, uh, doing a little bit better than five hundred. But um, they, they seem to be like every time we check in with them, they seem to be climbing up just a little bit higher in the standings. So um, good on them for for at least putting together a, a decent team this year. Yep. And as a reminder to our listeners, the Kelly Cup playoffs are scheduled to start. On Monday, June 7th this year, um, so we are a little, uh, I think we're about halfway through the ECHL season um, as we approach the, the postseason. Let's look over at the AHL. Um, we, this is uh, the league that has a, a little bit of a, a wonky div- uh, divvying up of the divisions, So let's look at the top three because, of course, the Atlantic only has three teams this year. 
In the Atlantic Division, uh, Providence at the number one spot, the Hartford Wolfpack in the number two spot, and the Bridgeport Sound Tigers bringing up the rear and also in the number three spot. In the North Division, in the number one spot, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. Uh, in the number two spot, the Utica Comets. In the number three spot, the Hershey Bears. And Oh, and, and I'm only doing the top three because of the Atlantic Division. Uh Reminders, reminders. In the Canadian division, the Stockton Heat in the number one spot, the Laval Rockets in the number two spot, and the Toronto Marlies in the number three spot. You know, I actually had bigger hopes for the Toronto Marlies this season. Um, well, I guess we'll, we'll come back to that here in just a minute. In the central division, the Chicago Wolves in the number one spot, the Texas Stars in the number two spot, and the Grand Rapids Griffins in the number three spot. And in the Pacific Division, the Henderson Silver Knights in the number one spot, the Bakersfield Condors, number two spot, and the San Jose Barracuda. I just want to sing Baby Shark to them <laughs> in the number three spot. Lou, uh, let, let's go back to the Canadian Division real quick. Yeah. Let's, let's talk a little bit about the Toronto Marlies um, in, in that number three spot. Um, I kind of was thinking that... This was a team that might, you know, over maybe not dominate the Canadian division, but at least, you know, be on top, you know, by a, by a solid amount. Um, is that kind of the feeling that there was that they had going into the season as well? Well, there was certainly more promise um, to come up at, at seven and six so far this season. They've got one overtime uh, a shootout loss. To add to that, but um, again, it's these it's these in, uh, encapsulated uh, division structures. Uh, that's not an easy division, and it has been made more complicated by uh, Calgary um, moving the Stockton Heat out of California and moving them up to Cal- uh, Calgary. So that made that division a, a whole lot more difficult. And, you know, I think you have to look at the parent club here, too. Um, um, I, I think the cupboard is bare in, in for the Marlies. Mm-hmm. I think that's really what, what the issue is here, that um, in order to pay for... <laughs> Pay for the for the for the sins of the of the <laughs> Maple Leafs GM. Uh, the Marlies are the ones who are really suffering in this case. But really, look at that division. Um, even with Stockton, um, through twelve games, Stockton is only eight three and one. It's not like they're running away with this division either. No, um, but uh, the Rockets and the Heat are the only two clubs in that division uh, over a 600-point percentage. Yeah. Or, so, um, well, uh, we'll keep an eye on, on that league yeah. as well. Everybody's beating up on the Senators. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's, it's, it's the baby Sens that are, yeah. that are not yeah. loving that division right yeah. now. Um, so let's move over to the NHL and um, – I, I, I got to ask this every week. Do we, do we want to start COVID or non-COVID? Uh, let's, start, let's get the COVID news out of the way. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's rip off that Band-Aid. Um, so I, probably the biggest news right now in, in the NHL is, as far as COVID goes is, you know, we, we've got a couple of games postponed. Uh, Boston is 
not going to be playing this Saturday or next Tuesday due to COVID protocols. Um, so that was a pretty easy band-aid. Well, there is one <laughs> other there is one other piece yeah. of news. Um, um, uh, so the Rangers are without their frontline uh, coaching staff, uh, and that will continue over the weekend. And just to prove my point, <laughs> they called up Chris Knobloch and Chris Drury uh, to be coach and assistant coach for the uh, the game this week against the Philadelphia Flyers, which the Rangers won nine to nothing. And all I kept thinking was, ta-da! <laughs> I, I, I think Chris Knobloch and Chris Drury just sort of said, you know what, guys, go play your game. They did, and nine nothing. <laughs> it's just, I, 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 I was tickled by that, not because it's the Rangers, but it was like, I felt good about that. I, I don't know yeah. why. I, I, it, you know. I felt they, they, I felt mean, but I, you know, seven goals like in the second kind of, period. I kind of feel like they inherited a situation of well, if it's not broke, don't fix it. So just go go do yeah, your thing. Go do your thing. Like the, no exactly no restrictions, and they turned on the offense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and really, it, it, I mean, their their coaching staff being out is that really? I mean. Is that, that hurting them that much? Obviously not. So, um, all right, let, let, let's go into some non-COVID NHL news because that's what everybody came here to listen to. Um, guys, uh, I believe next month we have the trade deadline. April yes. 13th? Hold on. Uh, April 12th. April 12th. I was off by a day. I'd see, my, my trades would not have gone through. I would have been a day late. Um, so we have one name that seems to kind of be dominating the trade rumors right now. And I know, Jacob, you and Adam Minnick were having a little bit of a conversation about this over Twitter. Taylor Hall's name is coming up yet again as a potential trade. I believe the Sabres are wanting to kind of move him along and uh, and see if that helps with their club. Um, and you you had mentioned, obviously, that the, the cap hit that he's going to bring upon just about any club is is making him pretty impossible to move. Let's let's take cap space off. Who is a good fit for Taylor Hall? But the Buffalo Sabres. Well, okay. Um, <laughs> Kidding. Um, but I don't think any team would necessarily want a guy like Taylor Hall because he's going to want top minutes. He's going to de- he's going to demand top minutes no matter where he goes. Mm-hmm. And right now he's just not playing at a level where he deserves those top minutes. And if you're any of the other thirty NHL teams, with maybe a few exceptions who are also in a same similar situation as Buffalo, but not as dire. You just don't take them. You, uh, you, you could go for a different player, but um, if I were to turn the salary cap back on, the lowest amount of money that I would have to spend uh, for Taylor Hall for, is $4 million. Yep. And even that's way too much. 
Yeah, I so, think there's only, what, four clubs that have the cap space for that right now if they don't unload anything? Yeah, and I believe all, all of those are pretty much tanking. Yeah, the, those four clubs include um, Detroit, New Jersey, L.A., and Ottawa. See, now, that third team you mentioned, <laughs> I think, might be a decent landing spot for him. That. It's a team who is kind of on the bubble right now in the West Division. They could use a little offensive bump, especially when they're playing the top teams in that division. Throwing down $4 million for, uh, I mean, really what Arizona did last year and just rented him for the rest of the season. He's a UFA next season, so if he plays well, great. You can sign him to an extension. If he doesn't, yeah. We spent $4 million, and we, we gambled on it, but at least we showed we tried. Um, and they have they have the cap space for it. I don't... I am starting to agree with Lou. Um, <laughs> I, I tried to defend Taylor Hall um, at the very start of the season, going into the season. And unfortunately, he has not played anywhere near a level where he should be getting any semblance of slack. Um... And if you put him on a team like L.A., I think you kind of create a bad locker room. When you're trying to infuse a whole bunch of young talent, I don't think you bring in Taylor Hall because that just that can send a lot of really bad messages to the younger players. And L.A. doesn't really need to win right now. They are doing fantastic in their rebuild. They have a very good young crop of players that are developing quite nicely. And all they have to do right now is stay the course. So, yeah, I just, I just don't see anywhere where Taylor Hall would fit. Lou, do you see anywhere he could potentially end up? And well, for, for the first part of this, let, let's turn off salary. Yeah. Cap. Yeah. So, my snarky response is Tractor Trelyavinsk of the KHL. This really <laughs> probably ought to wind up. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I had to show off some Russian. Um, okay. Um, look, um, uh, uh, Jacob, uh, in his rundown, just just said it. Uh, the most important thing: this guy's about to become an unrestricted free agent. And, and the effort that he has put out so far has produced two goals and 16 assists. Um, who in their right mind is going to spend four? And the second thing, uh, uh, just to, to continue on before I get back to me, uh, about what Jacob said is, uh, um, in response to your suggestion of the L.A. Kings, um, Drew Doughty would, would spend about six nanoseconds um, of patience on Taylor Hall. Um, um, I, I don't see why would you spend four million dollars for two goals and eighteen and sixteen or eighteen points? That that's all he's going to produce. He had there if he can't generate enough self uh, motivation off of an eight million dollar contract and a UFA coming up. I, it's a pointless. I, um, I'd waive him. 
Honestly, I'd, I'd waive him and, and uh, at this point eat the salary. Because you're, what are you going to get for him? What can you get for him? Um, um, uh, pick, a t- you know, pick any team. And again, um, let's not think about the, uh, about the, the, the cap hit. Um, you mentioned, uh, what, are the, what other teams did you mention there? Um, New Jersey. Detroit. Yeah. New, who's the, and Ottawa. Uh, yeah. And, and Ottawa is probably the only team that might take a chance on them. Um, <clears throat> New Jersey has already been down that road, and they're still paying for it. Um, um, so what are you left with? Detroit Actually, Detroit is – Steve, can you imagine Iserman taking a chance on somebody like Taylor Hall? Absolutely not. Yeah. I also just want to add, if you remember, uh, Montreal was in the Taylor Hall sweepstakes uh, when he was – getting traded from New Jersey, they couldn't make it work if Carl Alsner and his um, buyout goes the other way. Yeah. However, but however, I don't think you would also have to sweeten it with like, uh, say, a third or a fourth because he, Carl Alsner's um, cap hit reduces to 1.9 in the following season, then 800,000 till 2024. So it, it's just you don't do it. If, <laughs> no. <laughs> if, if, if you're Buffalo, you just have – it's almost like you have to pay someone to take it off your book, to take them <laughs> off your books. And Buffalo doesn't need to because it's a UFA, and the season's over for Buffalo. Oh, yeah. They are – how close are they to being mathematically eliminated? Yes, quite close. <laughs> yeah, right. Once the season started. Yeah, yeah. You know, as soon January. as that puck dropped, and the Sabres yeah. are waiting for next year. Um, Lou, to go back to your point, yeah. when you were talking about Drew Downey in L.A. just not putting up with Taylor Hall, maybe that's something he could use. Like, I, I know you're, the minimum you're going to yeah. have to spend is $4 million, and you're probably going to have to throw in a, like maybe a second round draft pick for that. Uh, LA's got that. They have two second round draft picks. I'm sure they wouldn't mind parting with one to bring in at least the potential of a, a decent Taylor Hall. Um, I, I, again, I can't tell if this is like his slump is more of he's in a situation that he doesn't want to be in, in Buffalo, like everybody else. Um, or, if it's it's truly that he has just washed, you know, for the the rest of his career, I I kind of refuse to think that he is he is a wash. I think he's got plenty of potential. I think he just he needs that Drew Doughty to kick him in the butt and you know get him to focus. I, I worked with someone uh, years ago um, who talked about the difference. Uh, being the, the switch from potential to kinetic energy, mm-hmm. and and Jacob, um, um, Jack Eichel, and um, Taylor Hall have unlimited potential energy, unlimited potential energy. You compare Jack Eichel to 
Connor McDavid last in the the, the last time we no, met no, no. up. I, I didn't. I compared him to like everyone other than McDavid. Well, you, yeah. no, uh, okay, but it was certainly within the <laughs> okay. same. But 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 um, okay. But but so. certainly there is. Um, he he has the potential to be to be an elite athlete in 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 hockey, as does Taylor Hall, but neither one of them have the emotional or 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 um, the emotional status or the the mat, the maturity to reach the to change that potential energy into kinetic energy, and at some point. 30 and, and, and next season, 31 clubs are going to recognize that in both of these players and who's going to want to sign them for much more than entry level. Mm. Uh, but now, that said, you've got Carlson in San Diego, uh, sorry, San Jose, uh, who has said, I didn't come to, to, to the Sharks to rebuild. He does not want the Sharks to rebuild. He wants them to compete now. Um, and, and does so, does someone like Taylor Hall um, do something for the Sharks to get them into the top four in the Pacific? Um, I, I think a situation where you try to transfer that potential energy into kinetic energy. Someone like Taylor Hall, I don't think needs uh, a Drew Doughty or a Brett Burns in that case um, to kick them up because I think he would just fall right back down. Um, I think it because it's it's such it's been such a long time for Taylor Hall. Yeah, I believe mm-hmm. he's made the playoff once, playoffs once, and I believe he has one win. Yeah. One game in his yeah yeah in his in his entire career, which and he was drafted in two thousand and seven or two thousand and eight. Wow, has it been that long? Yep, you forget. And so, <laughs> it's Taylor Hall needs someone to lift him up, not to kick him, to kick him out, uh, to kick him around when he's not carrying his own weight. Oh, I and. I don't know how you do that. Yeah. Especially if you're Buffalo right now. If you're Buffalo and you're trying to make an improvement and you're another NHL team, you don't do that. If you're in a situation where Taylor Hall's willing to take a league minimum contract or say like a nice $2 million cap hit or something <laughs> of that nature. Yeah. Um, by the way, uh, quick correction: He was drafted by Edmonton in 2010. It's even worse. Okay. Oh no, no, uh, three years, three year difference, three year difference. Yeah. Twenty. So I think I was thinking of Eberle. Yeah. Okay. Whoops. So. Um, eleven, but still, but still, it's eleven seasons. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm not saying no, that, no, that's I, a, no, a I know. huge I, difference. Just yeah, it's, it's for accuracy. Yeah, yeah, point. yeah. Um, you would <clears throat> look. He has written his career. His career is is defined. Um, I, I I I take no pleasure in that, Jacob. <laughs> I also take no pleasure in you coming around to my you know my my thought process on Taylor Hall. 
But when you hear about him and his 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 behavior uh, off the ice in the in the locker room and how he comports himself and and what he does in in production, um, and then you see somebody drop eight million dollars on this guy for a fifty six game season is just nonsensical. Yep. And and. Yeah. I always, I always, I always say, well, you know, this guy's available. What would he do on the Rangers? <laughs> Sorry, that's you know, and and I just say to myself, I'd have to stop following them. I, I would have to, I would have to put my uh, fandom out for bid. Wow. I couldn't I couldn't watch the Rangers again until as long as he was part of the, in fact I, I don't know that I would ever follow the Rangers again if they took a chance on somebody like um um uh, Taylor Hall or or Jack Eichel plain and simple well, that's some pretty steep competition there seeing who they've had recently but <laughs> um, well, but they, you know they've done the re, you know what that so you know a team like that which which is on the upswing of their rebuild to take a Taylor Hall would just set them back years. Oh yeah. Okay. So, well, I, I think we, you two have come to a consensus that <laughs> he's not going anywhere, and that Buffalo is just out the eight million dollars. Um, I, I, I think there's going to be a deal made. I think he's going to return to the Western or to the Western division. Sorry. That has been a pet peeve of mine this whole season, not Western division, West division. Um, so I, I think we'll, we'll see how it plays out here in the upcoming weeks leading up to the trade Oh, wait a minute. You don't get off that easy. Where's he going? What? I've already said LA. Oh, you, oh. Yeah. Oh, L- LA's going to pick him up. Okay, that's where I think he's going to go. I think that makes it le- right now financially that makes the most sense. They have money to play with. They have draft picks to be able to deal with. Okay, and they are in a position to be able to um, improve themselves in the standings and actually be okay. competitive in the playoffs. Okay, okay. I I I, th- I thought you were just. Uh, opining earlier about the trying to tease something more out of Jacob. Um, oh, okay. No, that that's that's where I think um, okay. he's going to end up. Um, I think San Jose is a little too far broken to be able to fix with one player like Taylor Hall. Um, and same goes with the rest of the bottom of that division. Yeah. Um, including a team who has already had him before. Um, okay. So yeah, I, I think uh, I think LA is yeah, fair enough. Is where my money is. All right, let's let's go through some NHL awards real quick, and um, let's let's look at, at where we are halfway through the season. Um, Jacob, I know you put together a lovely spreadsheet for us to to go down here, but. L- yeah, let, let's um, let's take a look at each division uh, real quick. Let, let's uh, let's fire off uh, first name that comes to mind for any of these uh, 
and I'll let you take it away. Okay, so let's start at the bottom with the Mass Mutual East Division. So, Richard, starting with you, who's your best forward in the East? Best forward in the East? Um, well, I think that would have to be Ovi. Ovi? Okay. Yeah. Can't go wrong with him. Ah, uh, hit the spreadsheet. Okay, Lou, what about you? Um, you, I, I, I have to go with him as well. I mean, you, you, you stop and you look at the list. Um, no one else has, has really stood out. So Ovechkin. Yeah. I'm going to have to make that a bit of a consensus for you. What about the best defenseman? Blue, I'll start with you this time. Um, Victor Hedman. Hedman. That makes sense. Out, out, of, out of Tampa. Yep. No, but I'm he's sorry. In Central. I'm sorry. I, yeah. I, I'm, he's been on, um, you know, reading all of the reports that come in. Sorry. Um, um, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pass over to Richard to, because um, I, I just don't know. It's the same sort of thing. I mean. Um, the the defensemen have been they've just been invisible. Good. No, no, I, I <laughs> it, it, it's it's sort of a, it, for me it's a case of um, no one has really stood out. I don't I don't know that anyone has stood out in the first half of this season to warrant a pick on on uh, best defenseman. Okay, Richard, how about you? Um, I don't know. Um, I kind of, I, I want to kind of branch out from, from the Capitals, but I don't know, Dmitry Orlov is, is kind of standing out to me. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, again, like Lou said, uh, nobody's really standing out that much, but I've kind of noticed him this season, so <laughs> I, I'm... Uh, it, it, kind of noticing for me is, is kind of a big deal. So I'll, I'll go with Dmitry Orlov. So, Jacob, before we get to you, um, Orlov was, was on my mind. But again, it's for the same reason, you know, Richard was talking about what I said. Uh, but I, I hate abstaining. Um, and it's not because I'm a homer, but Adam Fox. Okay. okay. If there is someone who has stood out, not for defensive prowess, um, but the, uh, the, the ability to go uh, deep into the zone um, and look for the pass. Uh, it's got to be. It would be Adam Fox, just to give to to give a name in there. Okay, I'm gonna go with Chris Letang actually, hmm. and that might be because of my lack of expectations for him as compared to what he produced offensively this so far. But no, Chris Letang has been great. Uh, now for goaltending. Who's the best goalie? Richard, I'm going to start with you this time. Uh, I mean, do you really have to to, to ask me? Yes. Because, um, I mean, you, you know I'm a Boston fan. So you're going to abstain? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Um, do you hmm, actually, I do have to give this... A, I mean, he's, he's done... Yeah, you know, I'll stick with Tuka Rask. I was going to say, I, I might want to look around a little bit more. No, I'll stick with Tuka. Yeah, I have to agree. I, 
don't think there's been. Yeah, I was also kind of thinking like that the traditional, you know, um, Atlantic division. And then I was like, wait, no, none of those teams are in the division. Not Tampa, not Toronto. Yeah. So we'll go with uh, yeah. with Tuca. Lou, what about you? Uh, I'm going to take uh, Semyon Varlamov out of the out of the Islanders. Yes, I was going to. Uh, I was actually going to take the same thing as well. Good steady Barlamov presence on the back there. Very yeah. good. Yeah. Okay, best rookie. Oof. So far. Mm. Um. Do we want to abstain for our best rookie <laughs> for this division? Well. Again, it's the same thing. I mean, no one comes to comes to the front of the brain. That's fair. Well, uh, I mean, hmm. <sighs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of. Do you want me to try and jog your guys' memory? Sure, Jesus. Well, I'm. I'm Ty. Uh, Ty Smith. Ty Smith. That's that's the name that was kind of coming to mind, but I'm like, I, I don't. I guess because he's on New Jersey, I just don't think of him that often. Uh, um, but yeah, he is having a decent season. I mean, the, sure. There's also Igor Sharonovich, uh, Jane Kukokakinen. Why are why did they draft these people? They're so hard to pronounce. <laughs> Jeez. Um, there's also Laffy Taffy. Um, is Keandre Miller a rookie? Yeah, he is. Um, he he did have a few games last year, but I don't think it reached the point of uh, getting mm-hmm. of of avoiding him. Um, the problem with Miller is he's he is young at the NHL level, and he has a habit of giving the puck away low. So yeah, and, and fair. yeah, and so I mean Lafreniere, uh, you know as a number one and I don't know how you um what has he got three goals the guy has got skills oh you can see it um you can see that with a season behind him um he's going to be spectacular but not just not this year okay but I'll, I'll go with Smith okay um yeah, I can't really disagree with you, Ty Smith. I mean, Richard, fourteen points in twenty-seven games. Kind of hard not to go with that. Yeah. So yeah, he's. Yeah, I, I don't know. This I feel like the the rookies in the East really haven't been mm-hmm. extremely impressive. And now let's let's go to uh, the Central Division. Okay. Um, Richard, best forward in the Central. Oh, let's see. Um, I mean, normally my my pick it would be just you know take anybody from Tampa because <laughs> they're just running away with everything. Um, oh, you know, I, I I'm gonna check some stats real quick. Um, because I mean, Stamkos just always jumps out. Yeah. 
So while you're looking at stats, um, I'm going to take Barkov from from the Panthers. Ooh, that's a good one. I was actually going to take Huberto because Huberto has been out of his mind. Yeah, I'm so happy he's finally having a breakout season. Yeah, for me, it's a toss-up there, but this uh, Barkov is the one for me. Yeah. Richard, what's giving you time? Uh, Yeah, I know, you were. Um, (laughs) You know, now now that um, that Jacob mentioned Huberto, uh, yeah, 35 points in uh, 29 games, that's pretty darn good. Um, I'll go with Huberto. Lou, I believe you said Victor Hedman for best defenseman. Yes, I did. Do you... No, I'm going to stick that with him. No. Okay. I'm going to stick with him. And and uh, it for me it's a it's um it's a leadership role. Oh yeah. For sure. Yeah. He's been very very good on that front. And I'm actually going to go with uh Aaron Eckblad. I don't know why I'm giving the um it's either Dougie Hamilton or Aaron Eckblad, but for me um, I'm going to go with Ekblad. He's also having another breakout season. And while Florida doesn't always get much press, Ekblad has been playing qu- yeah. really well, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Richard, what about you? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking at them side by side. I think Ekblad's having a little bit better of a season, but... Nick Letty for the Islanders is one point up on him um, after th- playing 31 games. So he's played two more games. They're pr- they look fairly comparable. Uh, I mean, it's also no. I'll go. I'll, I'll go Ekblad. Okay. It's also worth mentioning. Um, Letty doesn't play offense, or he's not really an offensive defenseman. Uh, as much as Ekblad is, Letty has been very historically a very stay-at-home defenseman. No, but they're they're plus-minus. If you, uh, I mean, if you read into that too much, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> Ekblad's at plus five, and Letty is at a plus one this season. So, yeah, take that for what that's worth too. Now, for goaltenders, is it? I have a feeling I know what both you guys are going to say. Vasilevsky. Yep. You would be wrong. I'm going to take Bobrovsky. Okay. Ooh, well, and <clears throat> um, he has a tougher time reaching the same stats um, than Veselovsky does. Uh, Tampa Bay, far better team. Um, well, no, it's a better team, and, and Bobrovsky has to work a little bit harder to get where he is. Makes sense. Richard, did you say Vasil- Vasilevsky? Yeah, Vasilevsky. I mean, no, you can't compete with that. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to, just because I really want to give this guy some love, I'm going to go with Kevin Lankinen. Um, just for the hard carrying he's doing with Chicago right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he, he is doing, yeah. He is, he's carrying that team. But... Wait, aren't they in the uh, 
Well, yeah, they are in the central. Yeah. Never mind. Never mind. Yeah. He <laughs> scared oh. me there. Realignment. Realignment. <laughs> Screwing with me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, what about the rookies? Uh, Lou, let's start with you. Uh, isn't Lycanon um, rookie? Yes, Lycanon's yeah. a rookie. He yeah, is. I'll take him. And, yeah, that was going to be uh, my pick out of the central, too. He's had a... Heck of a season. Yeah. Yep. I uh, can't disagree. I mean, yeah. I can't disagree at all, unfortunately. No. <laughs> now, going to the West. Lou, who's your best forward? In the West. Um... <laughs> you know... Oh, um, no, that's the north. Sorry, uh, the west. Um, give me Mark Stone. Yeah. Dark Horse, maybe. Yeah, no, Mark Stone's not a Dark Horse this season. He's actually, I believe in like, he's top, uh, he's 11th in points in the NHL. I believe he has one of the highest plus minuses, so. Okay. No, he's, I thought he was, uh. Oh, and it, uh, I'm just thinking of forwards. Never mind. Yeah, no more. He's top eight. Or top ten. See? I'm going to stick with Stone. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, what, uh, Richard, what about you? Call me a homer, but Miko Rantanen. Close second, <laughs> yeah, for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to go with Stone. His defensive ability uh, as a forward is just... It's so helpful for Vegas in every situation. And speaking of defensive ability, Lou, who's your best defenseman? Um, I'm going to take Drew Doughty. Drew Doughty. Yeah. Without him, the Kings are not doing what you would hope they would do. Richard? Oh, you know, it's... I, I just, I like Lou's pick. I just don't want to be uh, unanimous across the board here. Um, and oh, I will. I'll, I'll I mean, shake it up. Don't worry. <laughs> I, I'm I'm gonna go with Shay Theodore. Well, now you. <laughs> did, did I take your pick? You took my pick. He was my second pick. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I was six nanoseconds away from him as the, my first pick. <laughs> I, I mean. For, I, I just don't want to be a complete homer because for me it's kind of a toss up between him and Samuel Girard. Oh, they're yeah. they're both playing really good this season defensively. So um, I just I think uh, Shea's playing just a little bit better defense, and they're both playing comparable offense. Yeah, makes sense. Now for the goaltenders, Richard, I'm going to start with you this time. Oh, let's see. Um, I mean. Can you pick anybody besides Marc Andre Fleury? He is having a breakout season this year. Yeah. I cannot. I mean, I, you could make an argument for Jonathan Quick, but I think um, Fleury has had the best season overall in that division. I don't even think you could make an argument for Jonathan Quick. Um, it, when he's, he's rebounded nicely. Oh, yeah. Is, As a rebound yeah. goaltender, but uh, for the best, I, I think it's just Fleury. Yeah, put it, put it down for two. And I made it three. Well, 
Uh, what about, um, I mean, I guess he, not exactly the same level, but uh, Kakawin for Minnesota. I don't, th- I don't know. I mean, at 927 save percentage, he's just a hair over two goals against. He, he's, having a, he's having a decent season. Yeah, he is playing well. I just... Uh, the, I think the difference here is that Flurry is carrying is is the is the is the load bearer with yeah. the, with Vegas. Um, with Minnesota, it's it's um, uh, Kakinen and uh, Cam Talbot sharing the duties. Sure. Yeah, and and you know I I think just with him carrying so much weight, that's that's the deal. Fair enough. Yep. Okay, now for the best rookies. I think we all know who we're all going to pick because this is just an easy one. Okay, Lou, say it with me. Go ahead. <laughs> one, two, three. Kaprizov. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you didn't ask me to join in, so. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> and I said Lou and Richard. <laughs> yeah. Hands no, yeah. uh, Capri's no office. Yeah. Just. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and I don't even think that at the end of the season, that's like, that's probably the lock. Uh, if I could, if I was to bet um, money on who would win a certain award for the uh, end of the season, it would be Capri's off. He's just so dominant. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> now, finally, the final division, the North Division. Richard, who is the best forward? Connor McDavid. <laughs> of course. Well, I don't know. It's, um, I don't know if we, if I want to just hands down give it to him, but because Austin Matthews is having a heck of a season too. He's also been. I just kind of went on autopilot there. <laughs> um, no, you didn't. You said the right thing. Uh, no, no. G- give me the American. Give me, uh, give me um, Austin Matthews. I'm not putting that down. <laughs> I'll just change it. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> well, if if um, Richard had stuck with uh, Connor McDavid, I would have gone with uh, Leon Dreisaitl. But uh, uh, it has, to, from my perspective, it's McDavid. Yeah, I don't think you could argue anyone, unless you're Richard, who is leading <laughs> <laughs> by nine points. And who has 20 goals, 38 in assists. He's on pace for Connor McDavid's on pace for uh, a 50 goal season. Yeah. In 56 I, I games. Mean, <laughs> hey, Austin Matthews is on pace for that same amount of goals. Yes, but Austin Matthews is more of a goal scorer traditionally, anyways. Whereas Connor McDavid. And dishes, McDavid is not? No, Connor McDavid uh, has. In previous seasons, had the tendency to pass the puck to a Leon Draisaitl or a um, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, right? He, he passes a lot yeah. more than um, Matthews does. It's just a stylistic style, uh, just how they play. Yeah. But Connor has shot the puck more, and the puck has gone in the net more this season. And I think it's just the skill. Connor McDavid just to do the easiest to do some stuff that is so hard, but just to make it look so easy is. I'm so happy that we get to watch that guy play hockey. 
Hmm. So fun to watch. <laughs> um, what about the best defenseman? I think this will be a good one. Uh, Lou, let's start with you. I'm going to go with somebody you probably hadn't considered um, out of Winnipeg, Neil Pionk. Yeah. Huh. He's, He's been actually, very dominant. Yeah. Three goals, 20 assists. He's a plus, uh, what did I see, plus two on the season? Um, where did he go? Where did he go? Yeah, he's a plus two on the season. So, And that's not even it. He's been shutting down tough lines easily. Yeah. Um, and just the, his positioning has been second to none. Um, he was a mistake that the Rangers uh, made. When they traded for Jacob, Tr- uh, no, yes, for Truba. Yeah, it was Truba. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I think he just is thriving under um, oh, Maurice. Uh, Paul Maurice's system. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Richard, what about you? Jeff Petrie, Montreal. Ooh, good choice. But he's elaborate. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, please elaborate, Richard. Oh, I, 25 points, 11 games, plus 15. That's, uh... Yeah, fair enough. Not too shabby for a defenseman. Yeah. I'm actually going to go with Tyson Berry. Um, I believe he's the league leader in points, but for me, it's just his ability to not be darn on Um... He he has broken my heart too many times here in Colorado. Yeah, I, I I've got a little bit of a yeah. He, I got a bone to pick with him. I, I I know he has been a very he's been a lightning rod for a lot of criticism because he does have a tendency to run in and give up the puck, but he has been very good yes. on not doing that this season. Um, Fair until the fa- last few minutes when it's desperation time, in which case he right. Rightfully does riskier plays, but he's been very um, smart this season. And I think Dave Tippett uh, and Tyson Berry have been hitting it off quite well. Um, and I'm very happy the other signed them, and I hope they resign them. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best goalie. Lou, who do you got? Um, this is a tougher one because... Um, teams benefit goalies benefit from who the, who's in front of them um, uh, uh, Edmonton's making Mike Smith look awfully good really interesting yeah yeah Richard I, oh sorry no 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 no. I, I've got nothing else okay Richard who do you have Yeah, uh, I mean, everybody else seems to be kind of uh, either, you know, their their number one goaltender seems to be injured or they're splitting a lot of time. Um, yeah, put me down for Smith. Wow. I'm the one person who's not going to pick Mike Smith. You're going to go with Thatcher I'm Demko. Interested. How do you know? <laughs> because he was my second. <laughs> Uh, be, because he's seven and one in his last eight starts. Yeah, 
And he's carried, he's won those games. Yes, yes, you're right. On his own. And and, and trust me, Mike Smith will dis- disappoint Richard and me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, th- I don't think Mike Smith will keep his current pace going. Because no. Mike Smith's the goalie that's, there, there are two Mike Smiths. There's gold medal Mike Smith, Olympic gold medal Mike Smith, and then there's Edmonton Oiler Mike Smith. And you don't know what you get some days. Right. Uh, um, kind, kind of sounds like um, former goaltender for the Vancouver Canucks, <laughs> Luongo. You, just, I, you never knew what you were going to get with I, him. I think Luongo is a bit more consistent uh, in his ability to, to actually steal more wins. But there's been some games where Mike Smith uh, gives up the first three goals on five shots or something like that. And that's hap- that hasn't not happened this season. It happened, I believe, like two or three games. But the rest of the games, he's been stellar. Um, nothing short of stellar. Now for the best rookie. Uh, Richard, I'm going to start with you now. Who do you have? Oh, let's see. I mean, I kind of... Hmm. Give me Alexander Romanov. Is he a rookie? I believe he is. I believe so. I don't think he is. <laughs> well, well I... then we're really screwed because... <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually checking that right now. <laughs> Yes, sorry, he is he is a rookie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I I didn't know. I'll take him as well. Oh, really? Yeah. Again, it's it's an issue of who stands out at the rookie level. You know, you've you've got uh, one rookie that stands out in the league, and then there's there's everybody else. Makes sense. I'm actually going to. for me, it was a bit of a close one. Um, as someone who's watched a few Ottawa games this season. Oh, I know where you're going. Josh Norris, for me, has been yep. really good. I forgot that he's an, I forgot that he was a rookie. Would you like to change your... Thing? No, no. I, the reason I say I for, you forget that he's a rookie is that he, he's on the score sheet every night. Yeah, and he doesn't feel like he is. Right. Um, I would have picked Tim Stutzel or Niels Ho- uh, Hoglander. Yeah. But unfortunately, they kind of just, they give up a bit too much, uh, or they give up a few too many power plays, or they make a bad pass. Just They make a few more rookie mistakes than Josh Norris has um, from my vague eye test. So You uh, know what? Uh, change mine. Change point to okay. Norris, uh, because when I look at those at those um, uh, senators game reports that we do, um, you just the way he the way he acts on the ice, and um, the uh, transcripts of the post game quotes, interviews, um, he acts like a veteran. Oh, that's yeah. what had me. That's what had me confused. 
Well, he does have a trophy uh, named after him, so I'd expect uh, nothing you less. Yep, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of trophies, if you want to make yourself feel like a champion, head over to LDE Affinity Jewelry. Check out their online shop. Uh, LDE, a sponsor of Pro Hockey News podcast. Guys, I think this is the perfect time for us to go into our picks of the week. Yes. Another thing that I do now. Yes. I Jacob. have a lot to do this week. Y- yeah, I, I overloaded you, didn't nah, I? Nah, it was actually fine. Okay. <laughs> but I did also accidentally close my um, sheet, so. Uh, okay. So. Give me two. Oh, I'll. No, uh, no, give me two seconds. Okay, I'm ready okay, to go. Okay. <laughs> what do we have this okay, week? So, for our first game, we have. Oh, actually, let me recap last week. Um, as always, I took the win. <laughs> I went three and two. <laughs> um, Richard went two and three. And Lou, unfortunately, had a not fun week. No, one and four. And, did you have a perfect week? Oh, one and four. Yeah, the okay. Rangers are the only ones that kept me from a perfect week. And the funny thing is, uh, <laughs> Richard, I'd be right there with you. But I picked Arizona just because we had like three things. <laughs> exactly. Sometimes it works. So um, that was that was pretty funny. But for their first game, we got Philadelphia at the New York Islanders. Lou, who do you got? I'm going to take the Islanders. Um, for everything that we've been talking about, Philadelphia can't do it. Fair enough, Richard. Uh, I'm going Philly. They're going to steal one. Interesting. Yeah, after our discussions throughout the podcast, I can't pick the New York Islanders, or I can't pick the Philadelphia Flyers until they start picking it up. Uh, they just haven't showed me anything. Um, so I got the Islanders. So next game is the New York Rangers at Washington Capitals. Uh, Richard, now I'm going to start with you. You know, I'm going to go uh, Capitals in this one. They're, they're looking pretty hot right now. Lou? I can't. <laughs> it's the Rangers. I, you know, I, I just, I'll never bet against them. So. Well, I can tell you that that I will bet against them. I'll be yeah. right there with you, Richard. <laughs> hey, Washington's won six in a row. Oh yeah, know, Washington so. has been great, and they don't show any signs of slowing down. Nope. Uh, although Panarin's back, Zubinjad just yes. had that. Uh, very nice meal where he ate a whole bunch of uh, flyers. So no. <laughs> now we move north of the border for our only Canadian game. Um, the Winnipeg Jets at the Edmonton Oilers. Lou. I'll take the Jets. We just lost 2-1. to one. Um, I think they come back. Richard? Oh, let's see... I think I, I have to go. This is at Edmonton. I'm gonna have to go with Edmonton. They're nine and five at home. Yeah, I believe they are. Oh, sorry, eleven and eight. I was looking at the road record. Eleven and eight at home. Yeah, and I believe a lot of them. They 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 won a very. Uh, I think they won their last six at home or something. Yeah. Um, they they've been very dominant at home. I don't I don't know why. It doesn't feel like any games at home game recently. No. Yeah. It's just so it's so weird. Um, 
Next game, the Minnesota Wild versus the Colorado Avalanche. Richard. Uh, it's kind of hard not to put your money on Colorado. They just put a five spot on Minnesota yesterday. So I'm going to go with the Avalanche in this one. Lou. I'll take Minnesota. They've not had much of a losing streak at any point in the season, I think. So yeah. take the Wild. It's weird because I keep agreeing with Richard this week. I, I do think it's... This is weird. I don't like this. It's very difficult to um, bet against the Colorado Avalanche. Um, and now for our final game. The the barn burner, <laughs> Arizona Coyotes versus the Anaheim Ducks with Jamie Drysdale in the lineup. Uh, Richard, who do you got? Um, I just might ask Siri to flip a coin. Um, I'll go Arizona. Lou? I am going to take uh, Anaheim and... The thing that's odd about the Ducks is they waived Adam Henrique, who cleared waivers, has come back and done nothing but score goals. <laughs> I think he's the most prolific skater on the on the team, but uh, uh, since the waiver, um, it's just the oddest uh, uh, um, thing down there in, in Anaheim. So, Ducks. Okay, I'm also going to pick the Ducks. Because I really, I loved watching Jamie Drysdale during the World Juniors. And I'm very excited for his career. And I think he'll be a very good player for the Ducks. And I don't know if he'll actually win them a lot of games. But I'm hoping that they will. Especially with John Gibson on the IR now. Um, They'll need it. They'll need all the help that they can get. Um... But Ryan Miller has been quite good when he's needed to be. Yeah. So we'll see. And that's all the picks. So follow along on Twitter. I will be posting them after at on Sunday, I think, at some point. <laughs> uh, we won't be getting updates. Well, yeah, we might. There, you might get an update if I remember. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You can follow us. At PHN underscore podcast, you can uh, make your picks and use the hashtag PHN picks. So you can kind of show us who you have going, who you have getting the W, and how you compare against us. This brings us to our parting thoughts. Jacob, let's start with you this week. Uh, I'm just so happy that things are getting better with COVID. I'm just so happy that we are almost certainly going to be finishing this 56 game schedule um, pending a massive disaster, (laughs) but there is real hope. We are getting great quality hockey. Um, Fans are allowed back and people are getting vaccinated. So um, I urge everybody who is listening to don't let off any of the COVID restrictions. Please wear a mask. Please continue to social distance and do not let your guard down. And before you know it, you might be able to watch a playoff game in your home stadium or home rink. So I'm very much looking forward to that. All right, Lou. Let me echo what uh, um, 
Jacob just said, and that is uh, if you've got the opportunity to get a vaccine, they are safe, get one. Get a jab. <laughs> All right. You know what? Um, we've, we've agreed a lot on this podcast, and it's making me feel a little uncomfortable, but I am going to echo you guys. Um, yes, if you do get a chance to get, if you are eligible it, wherever you are to get a uh, COVID-19 vaccine, uh, please do so. Um, you're not only protecting yourself, but you are protecting others as well. Go ahead and get your Fauci ouchie. <laughs> All right. For Lu- actually, before we go, I do have to mention our, our last sponsor, Verbero Hockey. Thanks to them for being a sponsor of the Pro Hockey News podcast. Head over to ProHockeyNews.com, click the banner ad, and save yourself a little bit of money when you order from their uh, website, uh, when you direct from the Pro Hockey News website. For Lou Lafredo and Jacob Doherty, I am Richard Cote, and I will see everybody next week.